Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Welcome dear brothers and sisters to this very special presentation of Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear Sheikh, Sheikh Abu Bakr Zawd, all the way from the UAE, where inshallah tonight we will talk about our duty towards what Allah has commanded us subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'd like to introduce the Sheikh. I'd like to introduce the Sheikh. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's always good to be Ma'al Bayan Radio. Jazakumullahu khayran. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to bless the efforts. It's good to see you. How's everything been? MashaAllah, alhamdulillah. It's very busy now coming up towards the Hajj season. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal that he ease the Hajj for the Hujjaj, and that's all we're thinking about now. Amin, amin. And, and yeah, what a month not even a month and then people will start you know going in their in their large amounts to to uh to mecca for hajj yeah subhanallah subhanallah so it's a very different system this year and uh that's where a lot of the work is going to just try to understand the system and what's required from us and inshallah we'll be there as guides bi'ithnillah um to guide the hajjaj that are coming from australia and there'll be about two three million uh hujjaj from around the world allahu alam this is what's mentioned but we ask Allah Azza wa to ease uh, Al-Hajj for the Hujjaj and to Ameen. make it easy for those who haven't done Hajj yet. Amin, Amin. Now, Sheikh, the topic, our duty towards what Allah has commanded us, why did you choose this topic? Jayyad. Uh, so, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Uh, this is a very important question that you ask, why have we chosen this topic for tonight, our duty, towards what Allah Azza wa commanded us with. And uh, this, in fact, it's a it's actually an article. And it is an article that was written by uh, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullahu ta'ala. Uh, and this is one of uh, many of the amazing works that he left uh, behind for this ummah and that people continue to benefit from until this very day. And uh, why is this important? Because each and every single day of our lives, we are trying to implement Allah's commands in our lives to the best of our ability. And every single command that Allah commanded us with, there are seven matters that we must be aware of when receiving Allah's command and implementing it in our life. So this topic becomes very important because all of us as Muslims want to obey Allah and we all want to worship Allah to the best of our ability. And we want to meet him subhanahu wa ta'ala as Muslims, as believers, believing in his command and following his command. So in order for us to perfect, to perfect the obligations in our life and in order for us to truly follow the command of Allah Azza wa Jal, there are seven things that we must know about. And so this is why we've chosen this topic, because as we said, every Muslim is interacting with the commands of Allah on a daily, on an hourly basis. That's a very good choice of topic. Uh, seven matters to, to think about when receiving Allah's command, subhanahu wa ta'ala, because as we all know, you know, the Islam is simple. There's commands and there's prohibitions. So we have to know how to face these commands and how to do with them. So let's get straight into it, Sheikh. What's the first matter we should be aware of when receiving uh, Allah's command subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
جيد اوكي سو الامام محمد ابن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى رحمه واسعه and may Allah عز وجل bestow his mercy and his forgiveness upon us all he mentioned in this short treatise he said الاولى العلم به he said that the first matter is to learn and to know the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the first matter. So we're going to speak about that insha'Allah ta'ala and then we'll move on to the second one. So Imam rahimahullah is telling us and he's wanting to teach us that each and every single command of Allah azza wa jal, we must have knowledge about it. We have to have knowledge about it. And so this uh, brings us to the discussion of the importance of seeking knowledge. And of course, the importance of seeking knowledge is a matter that is highlighted more than a hundred times in the Quran and in the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In fact, one dua in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make plenty of is وَقُلْ وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Say, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not commanded to ask Allah azza wa jal for an increase in anything, but to ask him for an increase in knowledge. So every single commandment that Allah azza wa jal gives us, whether this commandment is about implementing a tawheed in our life, whether this commandment is the prayer, whether the commandment is al-hajj now coming in a month from now, whether this commandment of Allah Azza wa Jal is our zakat and we have to pay zakat, every single commandment of Allah, the first obligation towards this commandment is that we have to have knowledge about this commandment. How can we pray? How can we pray if we don't know how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam prayed? How are we going to pray if we don't have knowledge of the prayer? How are we going to fast Ramadan correctly if we don't have knowledge about how to fast and what invalidates the fasts, when to start fasting, when to break our fast, and so on? So the idea is we need to seek knowledge. That's the first thing. Whenever a command reaches you from the Quran, from the Sunnah, the very first obligation upon us all is to seek knowledge about that command. And this is something that even the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed to do. Allah Azza wa Jalla he says fa'lam annahu la ilaha illa Allah look how incredible this is Allah Azza wa Jalla he commands us to adhere to at-tawheed right at-tawheed is of course the greatest and the biggest obligation in our life and that is to testify that there is no lord worthy of worship except Allah Azza wa Jalla to believe Allah to believe in one lord and to worship him that's the greatest obligation when this was the greatest command of Allah Allah would instruct the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he would say to him, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ You should learn and you should know that there is no Lord worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this ayah, we find that Allah azza wa jal commands us to implement tawheed, believing in one Lord. That's, we're supposed to do this all our lives. And now in this ayah, we learn that Allah Azza wa is instructing the Nabi Sallallahu to seek knowledge, to go and learn at tawheed And the incredible thing is that this ayah, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ It is in Surah Muhammad. Well, Surah Muhammad was revealed in Al-Madinah. يعني Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam received the instruction from Allah to learn at tawheed 
13 years after he has been teaching and implementing Tawheed. Yani the idea is that learning at Tawheed is something that never ends. And so this is our attitude with all the commandments of Allah Azza We continue to seek knowledge and we continue to learn them in order to implement them. Allah Azza when he first revealed the Quran, he revealed, Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Iqra' read and learn. And he revealed Iqra' before he said, Usjud waqtarib. At the end of Surah Al-Alaq, we will find the command of Allah, Usjud, make sajda to Allah and draw nearer to Allah. But how can you make a sajda to Allah if you don't know how to make a sajda? Therefore, the first commandment that came down was Iqra, read and learn and seek knowledge. And this is why we need to understand that a person will never be able to differentiate between guidance and misguidance without knowledge. And a person will never be able to differentiate between kufr and iman and sunnah and bid'ah and tawheed and shirk without knowledge. It is knowledge. It's seeking the correct knowledge is what will teach you the difference between the sunnah and the innovation and a tawheed and a shirk and guidance and misguidance. And when we say seeking knowledge, what we mean by this is the knowledge that comes from the Quran and the authentic sunnah. This is what knowledge is. Everything else is not knowledge when we're speaking about this noble deed of uh, this noble deed of seeking knowledge. Now, so the idea is, uh, if a person was to commit to knowledge, and he was to learn the Quran and the authentic Sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then he will never go astray, because the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Inni qad khallaftu fiikum shay'in, lan tadillu ba'dahuma abada, ma akhthum bihima." He said, Kitab Allah wa sunnati. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I left behind me two things. If you were to commit onto these two things and uphold these two things, you will never, ever, ever become misguided. And he said, it is the book of Allah and his sunnah. And this is what knowledge is. Therefore, we conclude this first point by saying, the first commandment, the first duty towards the commandment of Allah is to seek knowledge about that commandment. That is a beautiful point there, knowledge about about the command by seeking knowledge about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, as you beautifully put it, this shows the importance of seeking knowledge. And if even just the ayah itself, Shaykh, which you mentioned where Allah instructs the Prophet to seek an increase in knowledge and the ayah about فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And now there is none worthy of worship except Allah alone. This is in and of itself, you know, a, a, a motivation for us to seek an increase in knowledge. And knowledge, as you rightly put it, Barakallah Fiqh, is the no. Qur'an and Sunnah. And if you go up onto them, you will never go astray. So that's the first point, this Shaykh, knowledge about the command. So this, this is a very important point to seek knowledge, seek knowledge of the Qur'an and Sunnah. So what is the second matter? when receiving Allah's command, subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Jagid. Just before we move on to the second one, there's just yeah. something very important that Sheikh Al Imam Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab mentions in this treatise, and he says, uh, he says, الناس علم أن التوحيد حق والشرك باطل ولكن أعرض عنه ولم يسأل وعرف أن الله حرم الربا وباع واشترى ولم يسأل وعرف تحريم أكل مال اليتيم وجواز أكل الأكل بالمعروف ويتولى مال اليتيم ولم يسأل This is very important الشيخ رحمه الله he said the majority of people they know that التوحيد is true and that a shirk is false. Now today, today, in reality, if you were to ask the people, what's your thoughts on a tawheed? They'll say it's beautiful, it's good. You say to them, okay, what's your thoughts on a shirk? They tell you, a'udhu billah, a shirk is batil, it's falsehood. It'll lead a person to the hellfire forever. That's good. See, we have this knowledge. But then, Sheikh rahimahullah, he said, walakin a'rada anhu wa lam yas'al. People have abandoned seeking knowledge about Tawheed, Ash-Shirk, and they never asked. This is why if you look deep into the lives of people and you say to him, Yaqi, you said that Ash-Shirk is false and you said that Tawheed is correct and it's true. How come within your life there are aspects of Ash-Shirk that you hold on to? You will find if you dig deep into the lives of people, you will find them upon certain forms of Shirk Yet, in general, they know that ash-shirk is bad. But because they did not seek knowledge, they didn't go into depth to learn the aspects of a tawheed and the aspects of ash-shirk and the many types of ash-shirk from its minor to its major types, you find them falling into it and they don't have a clue because they did not seek knowledge. So to know that a tawheed is good, that's not enough. This is why, this is why this point is very important. You must seek knowledge. And of course, one of the best books that was written about At-Tawheed is for the Imam himself, Kitab At-Tawheed. Kitab At-Tawheed, he wrote a book in where Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, he compiled about 70 to 73 chapters in this book. And he spoke about every aspect of At-Tawheed and how to implement it and how to perfect one's Tawheed towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this is why when you don't have knowledge, you find people, they get copies of books that claim to teach a tawheed and it's full of shirk. Masalan, there are books that teach you to make dua to the righteous and to the saints and to sit by their graves and make dua to them. That Allah bless you and bless your wealth and bless your business and grant you righteous children. There are books that claim to be books of tawheed and they teach shirk in them. So the idea is, it is very, very important and incumbent upon each and every single one of us. When we know that At-Tawheed is the greatest command of Allah upon us, the first thing we're supposed to do is seek knowledge about the commandment of Allah Azza wa Jal. When we seek knowledge from the Quran and the Sunnah, then and only we'll be able to implement what Allah Azza wa Jal wants us from us correctly. And that's the point that we wanted to add. Barakallah fiqdi, Shaykh. And, and wallahi, what I just thought of there when you were mentioning that is that knowledge, you know, knowledge of Tawheed is like light in darkness, uh, light on, on, on a rocky path which will keep you safe. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's right. Uh, knowledge will be light. When you're ready, inshallah. Naam. Okay, so we move on to the next one. And the Imam, rahimahullah, he said, المرتبة الثانية محبة ما أنزل الله وكفر من كرهه 
لقول الله تعالى ذلك بأنهم كرهوا ما أنزل الله فأحبط أعمالهم Then he said فأكثر الناس لم يحب الرسول بل أبغضه وأبغض ما جاء به ولو عرف أن الله أنزله So the second our second duty towards every commandment that Allah Azza wa Jal commanded is to love Allah's command to love Allah's command So when we know that Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us with At-Tawheed we must love At-Tawheed when we know that Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us to pray five times a day, we must really love As-Salat. We must love it from our hearts. When we know that Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us to fast Ramadan, we must fast Ramadan and embrace this command with true love from the heart. So every commandment that Allah commanded us, number one, we must seek knowledge about it. Number two, we have to love it. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to make a dua and he used to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba al-amal alladhi yuqarribuni ila hubbik. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to say, Oh Allah, I ask you for your love and the love of those who love you. And I ask you that you grant me the love of the good deeds and the actions that bring me close to you. Even every single commandment of Allah, we must love it. You know, so they, يعني, it's, it's one thing to open a copy of the Quran and read the Quran because I want 10 hasanat for every letter. Or I'm reading the Quran because I know that Allah Azza wa wants us to read the Quran and Allah is revealing, He revealed the Quran to mankind and it's the truth and I need to read it. That's one thing. But when was the last time you read the Quran? Because you actually love to read the Qur'an. You love to engage with this righteous deed. When was the last time you got up to pray? Not because I need to get over and done with this salah. But you got up to pray out of love for as-salat. Loving this commandment of Allah Azza Knowing that Allah is your Lord. And He's the one who commanded us with this. And He was pleased with as-salat for us. Therefore, I'm going to embrace a salat and love it. This type of attitude, you know, like when a person goes back home and loves to sit among his family and among his parents. He loves to see them, right? He loves to meet with his brothers and the sisters love to meet with each other. We need to have a higher love when approaching the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I come to a salat, I need to have a stronger love than when I go and see my family, right? When I go to Al-Masjid, and this is a good deed, the love that is supposed to be in my heart towards coming to Al-Masjid should be greater than any love I have for anything that is of the world. The life matters. People love their cars. People love their homes. People love their wealth. And your love for Allah's commands should be greater than every love that you have for worldly matter and worldly materialistic things. Allah Azza wa Jalla said, "وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ." And those who believe, they their love for Allah Azza wa Jalla is intense and much more than anyone's love for anything else. So this is the type of, 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 of love we're supposed to have when embracing and implementing Allah's commandments. And I end this point on, 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 يعني, on a hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he says, أَلَا وَإِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضَى 
إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم said there is a morsel there is a flesh in the body if it was correct and upright the entire limbs and the entire body is correct and upright and if this flesh was destroyed and corrupted then the entire limbs and the entire body becomes ruined destroyed and corrupted nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that this flesh it is the heart why are we saying this because if the heart if it's correct and upright meaning if it loves allah's command if it loves allah's command then the limbs and the body would be correct and upright you will then find motivation you will find strength to worship allah azzawajal that's why it is important to make sure that you love the commands of allah because if the love of allah is firmly fixed in the heart then the rest of the body is going to follow now you will find it easy for your limbs to engage in the actions of a salat you'll find it easy that your tongue moves in the dhikr of allah and reciting the quran and so on Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran he said قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ Say if you truly loved Allah and that should be the case of the believer he should love Allah and love the commandments of Allah and the greatest sign that you truly love Allah and you love his commands فَاتَّبِعُونِي then follow me follow النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم follow the sunnah of the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam you will be able to follow his sunnah you would love to follow sunnah the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam if indeed there is genuine true love in your heart and i continue with what al-imam rahimahullah said he said anyone who dislikes anyone who hates a commandment of allah becomes a disbeliever and that is because Allah Azza wa Jal said, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَرِهُ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ Whoever disliked what Allah revealed of the truth and of the commands, Allah Azza wa Jal would destroy their deeds, would nullify their deeds, they become kuffar. And so Imam Rahimahullah, he said, فَأَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ لَمْ يُحِبَّ الرَّسُولِ He said, many people, they claim to love the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but they really do not love him. Actually, they hate him. And they hate everything that he came with and everything that Allah Azza wa Jal had revealed. Why? Because if you did not love Allah Azza wa Jal and love the commandments of Allah, then very easily you will find it very easy to move away from the path of a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So true love for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would also mean that you love Allah Azza wa Jal and the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so that's the second point, to love the command of Allah Azza wa Sheikh, you reminded me there when you were speaking about the upright heart, and if the upright heart is, is, is you know, it's correct, it's sound, it, it will love Allah and love to carry out the commands of Allah. It, it reminds me of a GPS. When the GPS is working, it's sound, it will take you in the right direction. But if it's got bad internet or a bad GPS system, a navigator, whatever you like, it's going to take you here or there or everywhere except the right place. Subhanallah. Naam, Ahsad, Ayyuah. That's the idea. The idea is to love what Allah Azza wa Jal commands us with. And that way, you'll always be in the correct direction in your heart and in your limbs. Naam. So that's the second point. Loving what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
has revealed, therefore loving his commands, loving to pray, loving to follow the sunnah, which is an indication that you truly love Allah. Shaykh, let's move on to the third point in, in our duties towards the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jayyid. Even the third point, as Imam Rahimahullah mentions, he said, Al-Azmu ala al-fi'l. Yani, the third thing that we're supposed to have when embracing any commandment of Allah Azza wa Jal is to have determination to act upon it. To have a firm intention to do the action. And this is very important. Uh... Because firstly, you need to seek knowledge about the commandment of Allah. Then you need to love the command of Allah Azza wa Thirdly, you need to have a determination to act upon it. And this determination is emitted from the heart. Why is this important to say? Firstly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to make a dua and he used to say, Allahumma inni as'aluka thabata ala al-amr, or yes, thabata ala al-amr, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, Oh Allah, I ask you for steadfastness in my affairs. And I ask you for determination in following the firm and, and the straight path. And so, Imam rahimahullah, he said, Al-Azmu ala al-fi'l, to have determination to act upon it. Then he said, وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ عَرَفَ وَأَحَبُّ وَلَكِنْ لَمْ يَعْزِمْ خَوْفًا مِّنْ تَغَيُّرِ دُنْيَاهِ Allahu Akbar. Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, he said, the third matter is to have determination to act upon this commandment. And he said many people, they had the knowledge, they have the knowledge of the commandments of Allah. And they love the commandment of Allah Azza wa Jal. However, he doesn't have the determination to act upon it because he fears that his worldly life will change upon him. He'll fear that he will lose certain things in this worldly life. And you know, when I read this, I started to think of examples. And wallah, how many examples are there on earth today of people who know Allah's command and love Allah's command, but they don't have the determination in their heart to act upon Allah's command because they fear that they will lose a social position they have. They will fear a leadership position they have. They will fear something of this worldly life being taken away from them. And you know, a great example of today, there are many, they call them influencers, and they call them YouTubers, and Instagrammers, and TikTokers, and whatever it is. There's a large amount of Muslims that are these so-called influencers, right? And they have huge followings, and they themselves haven't had uh, the best Muslim life that there is. So they've presented themselves either a woman without hijab or either a man that used to shave his beard or whatever it is. And then later on down the track, after they've gained a million, two million followers and they've gained so many subscribers, later on down the track, they learn the truth and they love the truth and they love the commandments of Allah, but they don't determine that they're supposed to act upon the truth. The sister doesn't have the determination to finally have that intention to wear the hijab because they fear if they do that, they'll lose their followers. They'll lose their subscribers. They'll lose a social status. What is the community going to say about them? 
What are people going to say? How are they going to be judged in today's liberal world? This is a problem. This is a problem. And so this is the type of example I was thinking about when I read this third stage that we're supposed to have with every commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to these people we say, Allah, you fear Allah azawajal. What are the people going to do for you on the day of judgment? What are they going to do for you? That the people, they feed to determine or to make a firm resolution to act upon the commands of Allah azawajal. They feed to do that because they don't know how they will be viewed socially. What are people going to say about them if they come out with their new change and they come out with a public tawbah and the brother leaves his bead to grow it as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam commanded? They fear this. We say to them, what are these people going to do? These people that you feed their judgment from society, what are they going to do for you the day you die? And you're in your grief. And then eventually you stand before Allah. Nothing. They'll do nothing for you. They cannot even save themselves on the day of judgment, let alone do anything for you. So we need to fear Allah. And first and foremost, seek knowledge of Allah's commands. Number two, we must love Allah's command. Number three, we must have to have absolute determination that we want to act upon the commands that we know. And this is why the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to ask Allah to grant him strength that he becomes very determined to act upon Allah's command when he used to say, I ask you, O Allah, to grant me that determination in my heart that I follow the straight path and I follow your commands. Now, this should make us uh, more wanting to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this determination. This is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam whose past and future sins were forgiven. And here he is asking Allah for determination in following his commands. Allahu Akbar. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Let's move on to the fourth point in our duties towards uh, the, the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so number four, uh, Imam rahimahullah, he said, in a simple word, he said, Al-Amal. So after you sought knowledge and you love the command of Allah, and now you have a strong determination in your heart to act upon the command, number four is to implement the command. Go ahead and do this command. Go and implement it. Naam. And this is why in many places in the Quran, Allah Azza wa Jal would say, for us to rush to implement his commands, Allah Azza wa Jal said, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَعِدَّةٍ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ Allah Azza wa Jal, he said, hasten and rush to a forgiveness of your Lord. What does it mean? To rush to a forgiveness of your Lord. Meaning, go and do the deeds that earn you a forgiveness from your sins. Rush to do the deeds that earn you a forgiveness from your sins. وَجَنَّةٍ And rush to do the deeds to secure a spot in the paradise. Rush to do them. And Allah Azza wa Jalla, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says in the hadith, in the authentic hadith, بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ فِتَنًا قَقِطَعِ اللَّيْلِ الْمُظْلِمِ He said, بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ Hasten, hurry up and rush into doing good deeds before the fitan and before the dark and evil days appear in which fitan كَقِطَعِ اللَّيْلِ الْمُظْلِمِ Before the fitan arrive, that will become so dark that you won't even be able to see your hands if you were to put it in front of you. Rush and do the deeds. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was asked, Ayyul amali ahabbu ilallah? 
What is the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, As-salatu fi waqtiha, to pray the prayer at its time, at its beginning, the beginning of its time. So the idea in these ahadith and this ayah that I shared with you is this attitude the believer is supposed to have to rush to implement the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah azza wa jal in the Quran, he did say, وَلَوْ أَنَّهُمْ فَعَلُوا مَا يُعَظُونَ بِهِ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ وَأَشَدَّ تَثْبِيتًا He said, and had they implemented that which they were advised about, it would have been much better for them. And it would have granted them great steadfastness upon the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. You know, each and every single one of us is looking for that which is better. All of us, on a daily basis, we always ask, how do I make myself better? What is better for me today? What can I do to better myself? How can I reach a better version of myself? Here, Allah said, Had they implemented that which were, they were advised of doing, it would have been much better for them. This is how you rectify your state. This is how you become much better when you implement Allah Azzawajal's command. And so then Imam Rahimahullah, he said, وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ إِذَا عَزَمَ أَوْ عَمِلَ وَتَبَيَّنَ عَلَيْهِ مَنْ يُعَظِّمُهُ مِنْ شُيُوخِهِ أَوْ غَيْرِهِمْ تَرَكَ الْعَمَلِ Allahu Akbar. And this is another obstacle in the path. Imam Rahimahullah, he said, many people, when they have the determination to implement a deed, then those that venerate them from يعني, leaders around them, if they were to discover this implementation of this person, if they were to discover it from him, then they would abandon him, uh, then he would abandon the action. Yani, yani, yani how? Yani there are some people, they are, um, they're respected. They're respected among the people of the bid'ah. They are respected among the people of Ahl al-Bid'ah. So you might find a person who has a position and a status among the people of innovation. And then this person, he learns the truth. He loves the truth and he has a determination to act upon it, but he doesn't implement the truth because he fears. What are his shuyukh? What are these people of innovation going to say about him? And how are they going to treat him? They might kick him out of the masjid. They might not invite him again to their circles and whatever it is that they have of innovations. And so as a result, he gets scared. He's worried. He fears. What will happen to him and how they'll react to him? As a result, he leaves implementing altogether. And so this is just one example of many examples that there is. A lot of people might leave implementing the action at a fee. Maybe someone, uh, يعني, he's at his workplace, especially people that uh, يعني, work uh, in the corporate world. You know, the corporate world is, 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 a, is a very nasty type of work. People that are involved in the corporate world, these are people in the city, they work in the, in, in, in the banks, they work in big high corporations. And I, well, we're not saying, يعني, this is not a lecture of saying what's halal and haram, but the idea is this. These are people that they're among their colleagues, they're among their uh, friends at work. And yes, they know that Allah commands them to pray Salat al-Dhuhr at time, and it's time. And they love Allah's command. And they are determined to act upon Allah's command. But then the fourth point, which is implementing, getting up and actually praying, uh, they don't do that. Out of fee, they might lose their job. 
add a fee. What are these colleague workers? What are they going to say about me if I was to get up and take five, ten minutes and pray? And so on. This is yani, some type of examples that we can use to relate to what Imam Rahimahullah is saying. And so we should fear nothing. And we should fear no one. Once we learn about Allah's command and have love for it, and we have a determination for it, we need to straight away get up right then and there and implement the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, uh, actions is the fruits of knowledge. And in reality, when the knowledge is truly uh, understood and truly benefited from, it will bear uh, f uh, like a tree which bears its fruits. Likewise, knowledge will produce actions. Let's move on to the fifth point of our duties towards Allah's commands. Uh, after taking the first few, and I'll quickly recap for those who just joined us. The first uh, point in, or duty towards Allah's commands was to have knowledge about the command, to seek knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah. The second point is loving what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed. The third point is to have a determination to act upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fourth point is action, to implement these commands. So now we come to the fifth point. Imam Rahimahullah, he said, he said, Anna kathira mimman amila la yaqa'u khalisan fa in waqa'a khalisan lam yaqa'a sawaba. And this is very important. The fifth point, what he is mentioning, is he's saying to implement the commandment of Allah with sincerity and in accordance to the teaching of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now, after having this intention, this determination, and now you want to act upon the deed and upon the commandment of Allah Azzawajal, the fifth thing you're supposed to know is that it has to be done sincerely for Allah Azzawajal's sake. And it has to be in accordance to the sunnah of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And these two things are in fact the conditions of an accepted deed. They are the conditions of an accepted deed. Every single deed that you are going to implement and act by, every single commandment that you are going to implement, it must be done sincerely for Allah Azza wa Jal. So that means when you implement a commandment of Allah, you're not seeking in this any worldly materialistic position. You're not seeking anyone's praise. You're not seeking anyone's approval. And you are not seeking anyone's acceptance. You don't care about how you are viewed in the sight of people. Rather, your only greatest concern is how am I going to be viewed in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal. And so, the deed must be sincerely for Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal, he said in the Quran, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ that the people, mankind, were only commanded to worship Allah Azza wa Jal sincerely. Meaning every aspect of a deen, whether it's prayer or seeking knowledge or reading the Quran or reading the Adhkar or fasting or doing Al-Hajj, all of the aspects of a deen have to be It has to be done sincerely for him. So that means every prayer you pray, you're only seeking your reward from Allah. And every fasting you fast, you're only seeking your reward from Allah. You're seeking His approval, His appreciation. You're seeking His acceptance. No one else. You don't do a deed for a worldly gain and a worldly benefit. And the other thing is, 
You need to follow in the sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's not enough that you do, do a, a de- that you do a deed sincerely for Allah. It has to be coupled with al-ittiba' doing it in the same manner the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us. And, and, and this is how uh, innovations came about. How do you think innovations came about in Ummah al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? It came about because people abandoned the teachings of al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People thought that if I'm sincere, that's all that matters. How many times do we hear it? It's all about the intention. His intention is good. That's all right. You know, whether those who, who celebrate al-Mawlid, they celebrate Mawlid and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And what's their greatest excuse? Or what's their greatest justification? They say that it's all about the intention. We love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are intending goodness. We're intending closeness to Allah azza wa jal. And subhanallah, look at this type of explanation. Didn't you know for a deed to be accepted, ikhlas and sincerity is not enough? Rather, you also have to follow the teachings of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if we looked into the mawlid as an example, celebrating the birthday of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you don't find this anywhere in his teachings, nor anywhere in the teachings of the first three generations. This came later on at the time of Al-Fatimiyin, the Shia, they're the ones that introduced this mawlid and, 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 and celebrated the birth of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is why it is beautiful to mention here Allah Azza wa Jal Qawlihi Ta'ala in where he said Allavi khalaq al-mawta wal-hayat liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsanu amala Allah Azza wa Jal created He created al-mawta wal-hayat, death and life in order so that he may test us who among us ahsanu amalan who would be the best in his deed ahsanu amalan Al-Fudayl ibn Ayyad Rahimahullah, he was asked, he was asked, what's Ahsan Amalan? What's Ahsan? How, how does a deed become excellent? How does a deed become Ahsan? How does it become perfect? He said, He said, the deed that is sincere and in accordance to the teaching of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That would be the perfect deed. That would be the type of deed that is supposed to be implemented. Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran he said, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Allah Azza wa Jal he said, anyone who hopes to meet Allah Azza wa Jal on the day of judgment and hopes for Allah's pleasure and for the paradise, فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا Then do righteous deeds. Al-Ulama rahimahum Allah said, righteous deeds here in accordance to the teaching of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا And do not associate any partners in terms of your worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this part refers to the sincerity. And so this is important to be sincere when wanting to implement the command to be sincere and in accordance with the teachings of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And just on this point, I say something. You know, if it was only about the intention, as some people claim, oh brother, you don't know, he's got a good intention, don't judge him on his action, he's got a good intention. If that was the case, would you accept from someone to say, I want to pray Salat al-Dhuhr uh, seven rak'at. Today, I want to pray Dhuhr seven rak'at. I love Allah. 
I love Allah and I love salat. So I want to pray at seven. You see, the idea is, okay, we didn't say your intention is bad. We know you love Allah Azza We know you love the prayer. But if you pray seven rak'at, that prayer is nullified. That prayer is not accepted. And that prayer will destroy your iman altogether. If you believe that's how you're supposed to pray. Why? We're not blaming your intention. We know you love Allah. You love as-salat. But that's not enough when implementing the command. When implementing a command, it also has to be exactly as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us. Therefore, the correct salat al-dhuhr would be to pray it sincerely for Allah and then to pray it four rak'at in the same manner Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prayed it. Now, some of our ulama, they simplified this point with a few Arabic words. They said, before you do any action, ask yourself, liman wa kayf. For who are you doing it for? And how are you Allah doing Allah it? And as you beautifully put it, sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, be sincere for Allah and in accordance with the sunnah. Ahsant, ahsant, jazakallah khair. Let's move on to the sixth point in how or duties towards Allah's command subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so the sixth point, and this is the second last one. Al-Imam rahimahullah, he said, أَنَّ الصَّالِحِينَ يَخَافُونَ مِنْ حُبُوطِ الْعَمَلِ لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَنْ تَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ Number six is to be careful and cautious of the matters that nullify the good deeds. So this is something very important. Once you've uh, had the determination to act upon Allah's command, then you implemented Allah's command. You implemented the command and you implemented it sincerely and in accordance to the teachings of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Number six, you must be careful of falling into matters that undo your good deeds, that nullify your good deeds because there is there are prohibitions and bad deeds that if you do them, they will wipe away good deeds. They will wipe away good deeds. Yes. In the same manner, good deeds wipe away bad deeds. Then bad deeds can also wipe away good deeds. And from the greatest of these matters is a shirk. That's why Allah Azza wa in the Quran, he said, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَكْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allahu Akbar. Allah Azza wa Jal, he said to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, listen, this is the Prophet of Allah, he said to him, if you were to ever commit shirk in your life, any type of shirk, we're speaking, sorry, about the major shirk here, if you were to commit a major shirk in your life, لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمَلُكَ all your righteous deeds are going to be destroyed. All of them will be destroyed and nullified. And as a result, you'll be from among the losers. That's the kind of language Allah would say to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Warning him, don't, don't you dare come near the bad deeds and the prohibitions that would nullify your deeds. So not all the bad deeds wipe away the good deeds. There are certain bad deeds that if a person does, yes, they will wipe away the good deeds. They will nullify his good deeds. And that is like, um, for example, uh, missing the prayers. Missing the prayers. If a person missed a salat, an obligatory prayer, it nullifies his good deeds for that day. 
النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم he said in the authentic hadith من فاتته صلاة العصر فكأنما وتر أهله وماله or in another narration فقد حبط عمله anyone who misses صلاة العصر then his deeds for that day are destroyed his deeds for that day are nullified والعلماء رحمهم الله they said that this hadith is not limited to Salat al-Asr. Rather, it is any obligatory prayer that is missed, any obligatory prayer that is missed and not prayed on its time, that would result in a person's good deeds being destroyed for that day. Allahu Akbar. Even after you implement Allah's command, you must be careful that you do not do something that nullifies the good deed. Also, uh, oppressing, oppressing others oppressing others, insulting others, mocking others, shortchanging others, and all this violation against the people's rights also nullifies good deeds. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned this clearly in the hadith, when he said to the companions, do you know who is the bankrupt among you? They said the bankrupt among us is the one who doesn't have a dinar and dinar, he doesn't have a dollar. So then in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, no, that's not the muflis. The muflis, the bankrupt, is the one who comes on the day of judgment. He comes bisalat. He comes with prayers. Allahu Akbar, his prayer was 100%. And he comes with fasting and sadaqah. All his good deeds were 100%. But he comes on the day of judgment having violated the rights of people. Ate this person's wealth. Consumed this person's wealth. He hit this person. He shed the blood of this person. He oppressed such and such. Then on the day of judgment, it will be said for him to take the bad deeds of others or for him to give the good deeds. He begins to give the good deeds to people. Look, he's losing his good deeds. He's losing his good deeds because he oppressed people. And if he's got no more good deeds, he begins to take from their bad deeds. Allahu Akbar. And then he's thrown in the hellfire. So we need to make sure after implementing Allah's command, with sincerity and in accordance to Sunnah al Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we must be careful that we do not come near the deeds that render our good deeds uh, being destroyed. Now, we've got, we've got to keep away from that. Now, and Shaykh, this uh, reminds us of the great principle in Islam, as you've discussed before, that a Muslim is between fear and hope. He fears that Allah may not accept his deeds, but he hopes that Allah reward him. And this is taken from the life of the Prophet and also the companions after him radiallahu anhum. Now, Shaykh, let's move on to the seventh and final point and uh, of our duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after taking those very beneficial uh, six points or duties. Okay. So the seventh uh, duty towards every commandment of Allah azawajal, this is the seventh and the last, and Imam rahimahullah he said, al-thabatu ala al-haqq. وَالْخَوْفُ مِنْ سُوءِ الْخَاتِمَةِ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ لِقَوْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ مِنْكُمْ لَيَعْمَلْ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا ذِرَاعَ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ فَيَدْخُلَهَا The seventh point is to be steadfast upon the command of Allah upon the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So after you've done the deed and you've kept away from that which nullifies the good deeds the seventh and last point 
is to remain firm and steadfast upon that command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the day you meet Allah azawajal. And this is evident in many ayat and ahadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For example, a man came to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said to him, Ya Rasulullah, قُلْ لِي فِي الْإِسْلَامِ قَوْلًا لَا أَسْأَلُ عَنْهُ أَحَدًا غَيْرَكَ This man, he came and he said, Ya Rasulullah, tell me about a matter in Islam in which I cannot ask anyone but you. Yani, tell me something that you have the answer to and no one else can answer about you. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, قُلْ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقِمْ Say, I believe in Allah and then be firm and steadfast upon that. And that's the idea. We are supposed to always be steadfast upon the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran, He says to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and as an extension to us all, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ Allahu Akbar. He said to him, stand firm and upright, be steadfast in, in, an, in the manner you have been commanded and ordered to do so. فَالنَّبِي صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ was commanded to be steadfast upon the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Azza wa Jalla, He says, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Worship your Lord until Al-Yaqeen reaches you. Al-Yaqeen means certainty. And there is nothing more certain in life than death. So worship your Lord until the day you die. Until death presents itself to you. Worship your Lord. What are we learning from this ayah? We're learning steadfastness. Meaning be steadfast upon the command of Allah Be steadfast upon your prayers. Be steadfast upon your Quran. Be steadfast upon your hijab. Be steadfast upon avoiding the prohibitions of Allah Be steadfast upon that which is pleasing to Allah Be steadfast upon the obligations that Allah has obligated upon each and every single one of us. And there is reward in this. There is immense reward in this. Allah said, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ He said, and those who strive and struggle for us, those who strive and struggle for us, what is al-mujahada? Al-mujahada is steadfastness. Al-mujahada, striving and struggling against yourself to fulfill Allah's commands and to implement His commands. What is the reward? Allah said, لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا We will guide them to our paths. Meaning we will guide them to do the many good deeds that there is because each good deed is a path that leads to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ How beautiful of an ending. Allah Azza wa Jalla, He said, indeed, He is with the muhsineen. He is with the good doers. He is with those that always want to يعني, adhere to excellence. He, he called them muhsineen. The one who is steadfast upon the deen of Allah is known as a muhsin. He is a muhsin, which is the highest level that a person can reach with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his iman. Al-ihsan an ta'budallaha ka'annaka taraha fa illam takun taraha fa innahu yaraak. This is what ihsan is, to worship Allah azza wa jal as though you can see him. But if you cannot see him, and that's the case, then you better surely know that he can see you. So the idea is to remain firm and steadfast upon the commandment of Allah after you have implemented it correctly and sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. Of uh, awareness, dear Shaykh, and being, you know, on alert because, you know, as you said, we don't know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take us. So we should think this action I'm doing, would I be happy to face Allah upon this action? 
That's why this, this struggle and striving you mentioned should be constant and regular so we can meet Allah in, in the best possible manner. Naam, ahsan, ahsan, sahih. But then, yani the idea is not, not to forget as well a dua, not to forget a dua yes. because yani the idea is all your affairs are in the hands of Allah. Your steadfastness is in the hands of Allah. You can't yani, um, escape, you can't escape a dua. A dua, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he himself would say, Allahumma, uh, 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 he would say, Ya muqallib al qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O turner of the hearts, he would say, Keep my heart firm upon your deen. Keep my heart firm upon your commandments. Keep my heart firm upon a salat. Keep my heart firm upon every single teaching of a deen that we are interacting with on our uh, on a daily basis. So that's the idea to make dua. And also, also, what will keep you on your feet is to always remember death. Because when you remember death and you're always aware of death, well, subhanallah, yani, it, it, it's something that it's happening all around us every single day. Every single day, hundreds and hundreds are dying. And so when you remember death, it keeps you on your feet that you remain steadfast upon the deen of Allah. The one who doesn't remember death, his heart will die and he will not find inspiration and motivation to worship Allah. Because such a person, as they say about him, he would be deceived to think that he's got a long life ahead. And you know what? I'll pray at the end of my life. Since I'm going to live a long life, I'll worry about it at the end of my life. I'll worry about my repentance at the end of my life. And this is an incorrect attitude. So when you remember death and know that it can strike any time, any moment, that is the greatest aid for a person to keep on his feet and remain steadfast and firm upon the commandments of Allah. We thank you for being with us today. Any final words after these seven beneficial uh, duties towards the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we must all have? If there is advice, then the advice would be, uh, first and foremost, may Allah bestow his mercy upon Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab for this beautiful article that he has left uh, behind. Inshallah, it's a sadaqah jariya for him. The advice is, review this once again. Go and learn it. Seek its knowledge. And then implement what you have heard today. And then most importantly, after that, spread it among your family and among your friends. Walhamdulillah, Sheikh uh, Abdul Razak al-Badr, hafizahullah ta'ala, has done a short explanation on this short treatise. Walhamdulillah, it's also translated. And it is titled, Our Duty, uh, it's titled Our Duty uh, Towards What Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Commanded Us With. It's about 100 pages. It's a book of about 100 pages in where he elaborates and he discusses these seven points in more depth. So we tried to summarize something of his works and some things uh, that are relevant of examples or in today's society. And يعني, if if we can go back to that book, and, and يعني, it is available on PDF on the internet, Download it and spread it, spread it as far and, wi- and wide as possible so that the people can know and worship Allah upon knowledge and know the seven types of things that are required from every Muslim towards the commands of Allah. Jazakallah khair, dear Shaykh. We thank you for being with us. And inshallah, this will be a regular occurrence on Al Bayan Radio. Barakallah fikum. Allah bless you and bless your family. And inshallah, we'll catch up very soon. وإياكم الله يبارك فيكم وجزاكم الله خيرا وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, 
The Voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'ah.